Hey there, and welcome back to the Learning As We Go podcast. After a few weeks of silence, Mikkel and I come back to continue the topic from the last episode, now sharing valuable tips for anyone wanting to start their own coaching business. That is, after a maybe too long intro where Mikkel shares how it is to be on paternity leave, while I share my passion for rescuing abandoned plants and get lost in a conversation about my personal finance system. Hope you enjoy! Hi, Andres. How are you? Hi, Mikkel. I'm doing great. It's a lovely, lovely day when you have second coffee and it's, it's nine in the morning. True. <sighs> oh, you're only on your second coffee. Okay. Yeah. But on my level. Okay. Maybe we need a bit of context there. I have like usually two or three coffee stops on the day before three. I'm trying to, to have a ca caffeinated window in the morning, afternoon, yeah. and then stop for proper sleep. So having a second coffee at nine for me, it's, it's a big move. Okay. Sounds reasonable. How are you doing? This is not your usual studio. Of course, nobody can see it, but I can see lots of cozy, cozy wood and a nice Christmas blanket. <laughs> we're, uh, we're visiting my, my wife's uh, parents. Yeah, we're going to stay here all of Easter, basically. Um, so I'm actually in her sister's old room because she's not home yet. To set up okay. some blankets and stuff to uh, take some of the weird sounds out of the room. It's a nice, uh, nice studio. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's got its charms. It's great. So where are you? Is this uh, somewhere in the middle of nowhere in Denmark, or? Uh, basically, yeah, basically in the middle of nowhere. So usually, when she tells people where she's from, she's like, "Okay, do you know this town?" All right, but it's actually a smaller town close to this one. And actually, this <laughs> smaller town is actually another even smaller town. And then it's actually outside of that town. <laughs> okay. Awesome. Yeah, but they are, they are part-time farmers. They have a bit of mm. land that they're yeah, planting Ooh. stuff, harvesting, doing things. Yeah. Yeah. That's very important. I feel like farming is looked down on sometimes and it's like, bro, we need food, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah, but very hard to, to, to kind of get by <laughs> without it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, in the society we have today, at least we need yeah. huge amounts of food. But you're, uh, you're now on your paternity leave. Is that correct? Is that correct? True. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is true. I'm on paternity leave all of April, so um, wow. I'm actually not, if I'm going to get my paternity money, uh, I can't do any paid work, so, um, so this is, this is pastime. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to make things clear, full disclaimer, Andres is not paying me. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody is paying me either. <laughs> no, but they you should You even put definitely. some money into this. <laughs> yeah, god damn it. Yeah, but yeah, that's, that's pretty great. Um, just, I mean, now it's only been like three days until uh, Anna was, uh, my, my, my wife was also uh, off from work, but, um, but otherwise just me and Ip hanging out, doing stuff, <laughs> <laughs> still, yes, uh, still having my, nice. my online clients that I need to give some feedback and update some programs, but, um, but that's it. Mm -hmm. So I think cool. it's, it's not like, uh, I mean, with the, 
he he's almost nine months now. So I I say that it's not that the it's it's still a it's still work. It still takes some energy. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's the main difference is yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not so many different kind of things that I have to juggle. So definitely the uh, less restful. Yeah, that makes sense. But I think it's also because I mean he's not. I mean, kids can be stressful, but I think he's not the most stressful kid to look after. Mm. Mm. <laughs> Could be worse. Yeah. I think this bar of like uh, how much to tolerate in terms of stress and how much sleep you need. This this bar, mm -hmm. the standard, changes after right after having your first kid, and then it's uh, <laughs> it's just different. <laughs> I mean, I, how, how am I supposed to know yet? But I just. <laughs> I'm guessing. No, but also when you talk with other parents, it's like, okay, um, so we're woken up like three times a night, but it's just so he can, you know, breastfeed and then he goes back to sleep. And that's, that's like, okay, that's a luxury. I mean, there are people <laughs> who have it easier where they just sleep, but that's, that's yeah. you know, that's that's an easy night. Whereas, you know, you have the people where it's like, maybe they have to get up for an hour or something to mm. walk around and, yeah. At least you get some steps. Long in the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we don't really. We're, we're we're lucky that way that we don't really. I think we've we've once or twice had this where he wakes up and he's just like, I was just sad, mm. screaming, yeah. crying, and you have to walk around yeah. for an hour before he calms down. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Nice, that's good. Yeah. Our things with you, Andres. You are at the home studio. I can see. I'm at the home studio. You can see my sound blanket, very professional, set behind me. My little plants growing in the corner. <laughs> yes. It's funny because both of them are rescued from the street. Somebody like okay. these people that just like when when they see the plants getting dirty or like I don't know, they they just throw them, put them in like next to the mm -hmm. the, the trash container. So both of those were were rescued, uh, and the one on the left now is like. Is is finally reviving? So proud I love of my how plants. I love how you're saying that they're rescued. And you're, and you're, I can I can sense you're kind of offended. Yeah. People would just leave a a perfectly nice plant to die on the streets all alone. But that's the thing. They look a bit like oh, this plant is about to die. But then if you look at it, it's just no. It just needs a bit of love. It needs a <laughs> yeah. bit of love. And you know, with a bit of love and proper care, they're 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 coming along. Okay. I like but plants, that's, but I, don't I can know if sense people knew. <laughs> I can sense that you you basically you, you basically have kids in in your plants. I'm a plant daddy. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, guilty. Great. Um, but but we're but gonna yeah. continue our talk from from last time a bit. But of course, first we need uh, to cover the uh, what have we learned from what's growing part. Yeah. Yeah. Anything comes to mind? Um, yeah, I, I I can shoot from the hip. <laughs> No, but just um, going, going on paternity leave, um, quickly, I, I'm quickly reminded that, that, that it's hard to let go. <laughs> mm, I think that's, yeah. I think that's one of the, uh, one of the hard things about having your own business. Um, I mean, just like stepping down, actually taking time away from it, super hard. Yeah. But uh, I think for me, and uh, and I think also for a lot of other people who uh, who own their own businesses, eh, I think it's super healthy. 
Mm. And I mean, I'm saying letting go, but I'm still, I still have like small things that I'm doing that I have to have yeah. to get done. Yeah. Um, and I would probably, even if I didn't like have these kind of online clients that I still need to take care of, I imagine I would still struggle to not do small things. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. But it's good. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing to learn. Very important. Yeah. Also, like maybe to, to learn that you need to learn it also, it's a good thing. <laughs> yeah. No, but I was very aware of that already because uh, I think already when we know that that that, uh, that my wife was pregnant, like that kind of started to be mm. a thing that I was uh, thinking about a lot. Paying attention to, yeah. Nice. Yeah, prioritizing the time when you both want to spend time with your family. But, you know, if you're really invested in what you're doing, you also want to invest a lot of time into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's um, a, a a constant balance. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I'm thinking about the same thing now. <laughs> also, <laughs> the back of my head, I'm thinking like, what do I want to say? What do I want to say? <laughs> <laughs> this this week, I don't have a clear, clear one. But um, I think I'm going to go with, I don't know if it's maybe like not learned, but experienced. What have I experienced that has like, reaffirm or or uh, yeah reaffirm something that i i already kind of believed and it's more about personal finances which is the importance of having having a system that both helps you be on top of your money but also a system that allows you to spend money without feeling guilty <laughs> let me explain that context <laughs> because you know, for, for quite some time, I've been, you know, barely like not, not, not making so much of an income as in like I'm making it, but, but just barely. Right. So it's in the last few months is where this has changed a little bit, where I'm finally building again, like a safety net and, you know, like having some, some systems to just feel a bit like on top of my personal economy and having a plan for where am I going with it. Um, yeah. So like, this is something that I've been researching, uh, quite a lot. And I think it's one of these things, like when you, when you need to count your money, then you learn a lot about, <laughs> about it and how you want to behave or, or how you want to handle it later on when you're not counting every single coin. <laughs> yeah. So I'm, I'm, a, I'm finally starting to pass that point. And this month particularly, I've, I've been having quite some workshops and and successful events like this that, that created that extra income. And I struggle a lot with, uh, of course, ideally you want to save. Okay. Now this is going a bit too much, maybe into the conversation, but you know, this idea of like, ideally you want to have some sort of, uh, saved money that is, they call it liquid means that you can move it very easily and very fast. So if something happens, you know, shit happens, then you have certain amount of money there that is always accessible. And they recommend that you could build two to six months of your expenses in this kind of like safety net. And then from there you can, you know, you, you have it there just in case Like oh, suddenly yeah. there's no income. So you have at least six months that you can cover things. And then after that, a lot of like professional personal finance experts recommend you that you invest your money in some sort of like long-term fund that creates some sort of low percentage yeah, some interest. return of investment. 
with low risk. Yeah, exactly. With interest. So then you're building like some sort of retirement fund. And this, I guess, is especially important in our area of business where, of course, we're not employed. So we don't have like a pension. So you need to build your own. So, you know, I've been always having like these things in mind and having a sort of system of how do I want to do these things. Uh, this could also be another topic for another episode, I guess. <laughs> but um, I think this is the first month where like I've been able to save up a bunch of money, but then it's hard to balance when like the, the goal of having three to six months of expenses covered is quite a big goal. So, of course, yeah. uh, this can take me like uh, one or two years, maybe. So a lot of these experts also recommend having like checkpoints. So for example, if you build up like a quarter of a month or half a month of expenses, then you allow yourself to buy something that you need or upgrade something that you, that you use. So for example, in my case, now I'm using my girlfriend's headset. So I've been, uh, wanting to buy my own small headset so I can train with, because I have the big ones that are nice for the studio, but not great for the gym. So yeah, like having this system where like I reach this checkpoint. So that means that I can spend this without feeling guilty that I'm using this money to buy something rather than putting in savings. And I think just going through this realization of like this experience of how safe it feels being on top of the thing and like, yeah, this is going according to plan. It's been super, super, super nice to feel. Well, that was a long story to get there, but I think there, there was some value <laughs> hidden in it as well. <laughs> It's good, man. And I'm happy to hear that you're, I mean, I, I knew this, but I'm still happy to hear that the, that the savings are going better. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it's really, really nice. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it's really crazy how much like empowerment it gives, like to have some sort of control on your personal finances and start hitting like checking boxes, uh, slowly with things because it takes time. You know, you need to really be patient. It's not something you're going to fix in a month. And when things are starting happening, it really, it really builds momentum out of giving that motivation and empowerment. So I'm, I'm really yeah. stoked about it and, and happy with it. So yeah, that's, that's uh, well into what we're going to talk about. Also a little bit, what we talked about last time about this, like mm. one to two years to build a sustainable business, yeah. sustainable income as, as, as self-employed, yeah. putting in a lot of, I mean, you've been very industrious. Doing a lot of things, <laughs> doing a lot of hours yeah. um, without uh, making uh, loads of money. Mm, and, and now yeah. it's more and more starting to uh, to pay off, right? Yeah, yeah. I see it as like I've been planting seeds and working hard on the germinating aspect of my professional side and my business. And now it's, it's really not just sprouting, but like showing some flowers. <laughs> yeah, I can see the fruit starting to grow up there. Yeah, because I mean, you're, you're both doing, you have your full-time job, you're doing workshops in the weekend, you have this yeah. weekly class. I mean, lots of hours. It's a lot. It's a lot. But it's going really well. I think also, I mean, this is my, I'm going to merge my what have I learned with what's brewing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think, uh, I think I'm, I'm. I'm feeling really good with how am I arranging all of the things because at some point I felt quite overwhelmed with everything. Um, but now, you know, like out of just having the habit of creating healthy boundaries with every aspect of it. And once the systems are in place and things are running, um, I think this is also important for the general topic we're going to talk about, but like, it's always much harder to start and create than to maintain. 
um, whether it is training, skills, strength, muscle, habits, but for sure a business and what all, all the things that come with it. Yeah. So now I'm going to pass on the mic to you and ask uh, what's brewing on your side. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just uh, announced a workshop in uh, Aarhus, Denmark. Nice. Uh, it's in Danish. What's in, in English, it would be like a systematic approach to the splits at a place called Yo Studios. Yeah. So we're going to go through um, some general principles in regards to like flexibility training, yeah. but then have, you know, everything geared towards the splits, front splits and middle splits. Nice. Uh, and also the practical part is going to be focused on that. Yeah, and it's going to be kind of merged of, of just like general principles, uh, theory based and, uh, and doing lots of practical stuff. So not so much sitting down and just listening. We're going to be talking and doing, but I'm pretty excited about this. Been brewing for a Sounds bit of really time. Good. Yeah, it's gonna be good. And um, nice. yeah, if things go well, we might do another one in Copenhagen where they have a studio as well. Mm. Awesome. Um, yeah, that would be nice. Yeah. So that's gonna be happening in the middle of May. <laughs> I don't even remember the exact date. I think it's like the 17th. <laughs> Check the linking there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's you know, it's the paternity brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, but this is part of it. You know, it's it's there in place now. You just like put it, yeah, push, yeah, it yeah. A little, <laughs> push it a little bit away. Cool, but nice to hear. Hope it works well. Yeah, me too. And I think a few things more like burning in the background. But uh, let's see. Maybe I'll have more to announce in a few weeks. Okay. Oh, yeah, I'm also <laughs> feeling really good about being able to do like this kind of. Ah, uh, uh, stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it gives us accountability also to continue. Super also, secretive. talking about accountability, I think for the listeners that have heard our previous episode, there was a little cliffhanger there about an issue that you had. That uh, oh yes, I think you owe a little explanation there, maybe. Yeah. So uh, I bought a microphone for the ones that, that cannot see this, of course. But uh, right now, Mikkel had the the most uh, frustration pose I've ever seen him do looking at the ceiling for like 10 seconds straight. <laughs> <laughs> but I bought a microphone for last episode, just a clip on for my phone that I can also use for other things. So not like the most advanced, but but I was like, okay, it's, it's probably going to be better now. And then uh, halfway through, uh, it's a clip on microphone. So kind of, I can like attach it to my shirt. And then it's close to my mouth that I used to speak with. Um, <laughs> Yeah, but then halfway <laughs> through last episode, um, the microphone fell out of the clip. And the cool thing is that, you know, when we're recording, we're also recording the video from the Riverside studio. So Andres, he found the exact point in time where you can see the microphone drop. <laughs> 15 minutes and 20 seconds in. <laughs> and wow, it, it took me like half the day to stop Stop being annoyed with this. I was ready to. I was ready to throw out the microphone. Yeah, but that's, that's why. <laughs> yeah, you had to run so for I your can... class, but like your frustration in that moment, I was. I saw it so clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I can no longer blame the bad audio on on the on the equipment. Uh, I can only only blame my own uh, uselessness, and it doesn't no feel good. Now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm so happy we had this backup 
audio from the Riverside and it was sort of okay. So I could like recover, but it took extra editing. I'm learning a lot from the editing software, actually. Like, you're welcome. Like you're welcome, Andres. I mean, audio uh, engineer. Yes. Maybe this is what I should have shared. What have I learned? I learned to use Audible even better. I'm not fucking up the audio. I'm just giving you opportunities to learn. Exactly. Exactly. You're planting seeds. Thank you. Thank you, Mikkel. And I, I think we should move on uh, quickly now. <laughs> okay. Just, just briefly and checking. The microphone is still there, right? It's not falling. Yeah. Yes. And okay. let's, let's never talk about it again. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. But then we have a topic. Um, so as, as we were last episode, we were talking about our businesses and yeah, how the things we've learned a little bit along the way and, and our journeys a bit more in depth in terms of, of what do we do, uh, for our businesses. And we kind of ran out of time to dive a bit deeper into it, but I think, uh, for the remaining maybe 20, 30 minutes of this episode, I think it would be nice if we talk about some areas of the business, uh, thinking from, if we're starting from scratch, um, what are some applicable things that we could, yeah, insights that we could share to help people out that maybe are either considering starting something or they're in the middle of it, or they're just curious to, to learn about this <laughs> marvelous endeavor that is to create your own coaching business as an entrepreneur. So we were brainstorming a little bit before, so we have a little bit of like some categories with different topics, but I think the way we came up with this was a really nice, uh, way of starting the conversation. And I think I'm just gonna go ahead and ask you the same thing. Hey, Mikkel, <laughs> if you will have someone coming to you, uh, wanting to hire you as a business coach and they want to start from zero. It's like, hey, I like, uh, you know, I like fitness. I like helping people. What, what should I do to start uh, my own business? What are the things that I should have in mind? What would you say? Um, first of all, I'd say that there are some things that are nice to get in order at the beginning of kind of, of the journey. But you also, I'd also recommend that you as soon as possible, just kind of get started uh, as you figure things out, the details. But I'd say that figuring out the kind of who do you want to work? What do you want to work with? What problem do you want to solve? Would maybe be the thing to, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, to, to first get, get really clear, a clear understanding of yourself. Because then if you're going to be making content and you are later on, and that's basically the, uh, the thing you're trying to convey to people, right? Mm -hmm. um, then also, like, if I had somebody just starting up, I would also, like, one of the first thing would also be to, um, to talk about expectations. Mm. Is this, uh, do you want to make a living out of this? All right, and that's, if that's the case, how, um, how urgent is it that you start making some real money out of this? Yeah. And how much money do you want to make? If you want to be, you know, making really big bucks, do something mm. else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can make it, I mean, you can make a very, very decent in income, but if, if that's your main drive, that's the thing you really, that motivates you. That's, this is probably not the business. <laughs> yeah. Or, or, 
I mean, you could potentially even get there, but it's going to take time, right? It's, it's not going to happen in one or two years. Maybe it's more like a five, five to 10 year window. Yeah, but let's say you want to earn a few millions a year, then I would not uh, recommend people, yeah. uh, if that's your goal, then I would not recommend you try to become yeah, you a coach. should anyway. go and dig, dig gold somewhere or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, because if you want to make that kind of money, you have to, yeah, most likely you're going to have to, I mean, you can make some big system brand things uh, mm. a few people are successful with, um, or you, you could do like the liver king model. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but without without going too much out of your, I don't know, like boundaries with morals and, and these type of things yeah. where like still being a, <laughs> a nice human being with good values, trying to help people out there, you could potentially create a system, and this depends on what exact type of service you provide and how niche um, attention you need to give depending on what you teach. But as a general coach, it is doable to have between 30 to 40 clients that you do, like if you have a good system and you have everything in place, this is kind of doable. So from there, depending yeah. on your price point, say between 200 to 400 euros, for a client, you, you can make a solid income. Of course, this is all revenue, then you need to tax it and all of these things. Yeah, but, but my point is not that you, you can make very decent amounts of money. Yeah. But and if not you become want to a millionaire. Make... Yeah. Yeah. But when I started out, I had, because as part of the university, you could be, you know, because I started my company and, and started like wanting to be self-employed when I was studying. And uh, I had the opportunity to, to, to be part of something called Startup Station, where you had a business developer uh, help you in regards to your business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, of course, um, the business developer that I was working with, super helpful, super cool guy mm -hmm. called Thomas. Mm -hmm. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> but um, he's not, I mean, he, he was not specifically working with, with fitness and coaches. Of course, he, he couldn't. He wasn't as helpful in regards to to the um, the specific area, mm -hmm. um, but a lot of general advice. Like, for example, one of the things he also made me do in the beginning was, all right, what is the minimum amount of income you'd be happy to make to make a living off of? Yeah, yeah. So you have something to strive for, all right. And how yeah. soon do you want to? I mean, how how long can you wait, basically, yeah. before you yeah. need to make yeah. this? Uh, amount of money um, and this i think is a nice question to ask yourself or like revise this as you go because it is very useful at the beginning as an expectation setting where like if i want to make this in the hypothetical case that this is my product and service this is what i would need to create this is how many customers i need therefore this is a window of time that i could expect if i achieve this amount of clients per month for a yeah. period of time but then after a year or two, you can still ask yourself this question and see what has changed from this first hypothesis. So you can use it to revise exactly. how much energy and effort you're putting in the different aspects of your business. And maybe, maybe have a decision of like the amount of money I'm charging right now is not sustainable for my goals. So maybe I need to make a change in that. Right. So it helps you make these big decisions as you go as checkpoints. So it's a really yeah. nice and useful exercise, both at the beginning and, and as you go. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, and like you're saying, it, it has multiple purposes because it also helps with price setting. 
Mm. Um, yeah, and even though in the beginning, your prices are probably going to, and I mean, they for a lot, most people, they should probably be a, little, be, a be lower than you want mm. them to be in the end. But I mean, I already at the beginning, I, okay, my goal would be to, to earn this much. So if I want to earn this much, then I need to have this amount of clients paying this much, for example. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you want to take it a step further, you can also, you know, put in how many hours do I want to put into, you know, my work week. Yeah. So let's say you, you want to do one-to-one coaching and you want to work uh, 36 hours a week. Uh, that's, I mean, if you just take one time with, 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 uh, with clients, you can think, okay, then I can have uh, 36 one-on-one uh, sessions uh, a week. But you probably also need a few breaks in between clients. You probably also, I mean, if you're a decent, uh, yeah, if you're a decent coach, you need some time to, you know, prepare programs, think about what you want to be doing with your clients, and you know, yeah, mm. make a direction, have a plan. You, sh- you should have a program <laughs> that you're following. Um, yeah, you also need to do marketing, conversations with people, follow-ups, answer questions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do your taxes <laughs> so realistically yeah. maybe you're you're gonna be able to spend maybe 26 hours a week with clients mm. yeah or even less yeah for sure yeah or or else you know if you want more hours with clients then you'd have to increase the hours you want to spend on a weekly basis yeah and this could also be something that you need you you might want to do or it would be beneficial to do for a period of time at the beginning. It's like, it's, it's kind of what we were talking about before that building always takes more than maintaining. And if you want to start from scratch, you don't have any videos recorded. You don't have any programs that you can use as a baseline to then modify. You don't have templates. You don't have any sort of system and developing those systems can take half of your time as you're building the thing. Yeah. And then once in place is what we're talking another episode and you optimize your, your methods and then you save up, you become more efficient, more effective with, with both your service, but also what, how much energy and effort and time you need yeah. to put into, to create these, these, these outcomes. And also like the, the 10 first clients really fucking hard to get. <laughs> but once you've had a lot of, of uh, clients through your system, you know, then the referrals will also start happening. You know, people will start tagging you, talking about your stuff. I mean, yeah, assuming you did yeah. a good job. Um, so in a way, it does get easier with time. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And this is what is like very interesting is that when you start, because you don't have a system, you need to put more time. But that is when the value that you can offer is actually lower because it's not going to be polished. So it's when your prices cannot be as high yet. So it's really inverse in this way where you need to put much more time and energy for a lower value product that needs to be charged at a lower price point. And in time, while you develop these systems, the the overall value of your service will increase and then you can charge more. This is usually how it goes, which is really. Yeah, it's not helpful, right? Especially if you're starting without any income and you really need to make an, uh, an income is where it can be very frustrating. And that's why a lot of businesses fail at the beginning, because first they don't set correctly these expectations. They don't have this 
ideas clear, uh, which which then makes everything a surprise, right? I don't know why they don't hire me, or I don't know how can I have this amount of clients. You know, there's a lot of like uncertainty that creates these uh, quote unquote failures along the way that that can discourage someone to continue with this endeavor, and then they just get a job. Maybe just uh, diving into this price, what do you think, um, how low should you set your price in the beginning and how should we uh, progress them or increase them? It's a very good question. So for me, the, the main thing is context, right? And it depends on this, this question that you were setting at the beginning of, do you have any savings at the moment? Are you already having a work that you can survive by? Uh, how early do you need this this extra income coming from this? Because my answer will depend a lot from this. So I've I've always been from the point of view of um, over delivering at the beginning as a way to have your customers be very happy, so you can then increase the chances of getting a referral, increase the retention of your customers. So of course, value is. It's a lot about perceived value, right? Like it, it's very subjective, but still there's some things there that you can, you can always like control, which is, uh, having a lower price point, adding more things to your service, have a more close contact with the customers. So like adding value to, to the, to the product or the service you're providing. So say that you are, you're just a coach and this could be a handstand flexibility or general fitness coach. So I would say if you're starting really from scratch where you don't have a system at all, uh, first of all, I think you should be quite honest with your customers saying that you're still building up your systems, that at the moment, this is what it is, but it's going to become better as we go. And therefore we can, we can arrange a sort of price that is for now while we build the system. So sort of like. You can phrase it as a discount price or as a price that will change later on once the systems are in place. And then you could start depending on how much you need this money, um, all the way from 50 euro per month, a hundred euro per month, and then increasing it to the, so like already in that conversation, have the idea that I know that this service, when it's in place and everything works correctly, it's worth 200, 250 euros per month. And of course, the upper ceiling is is really how how much do you feel comfortable charging, kind of. I think there's a point where it's hard to argue that the value is there for for that worth, like, I don't know, a thousand euro per month. Either you're doing very outstanding things in terms of communication, or you're always available and you're available for video calls all the time. It's a different type of service, but if we're talking as a, I create a training program for you that you do and I have a follow-up of your program. We have some access for feedback here and there, maybe one meeting per week online, sort of like a kind of more quote unquote regular coaching type of program. I think when passing the 300 euro per month is a bit hard to, uh, I don't know, validate or, yeah. or yeah, defend that, that, that is worth that. So, you know, setting yeah. that expectation with the customer at the beginning, you know, that this is, this is what this service would be worth when everything is in place I'm building my system. So for now, how about we have a period of three months where it's 50 euro, then we, uh, revise it and then we elevate it as, as, as it's worth in the system. Yeah. 
this would be my strategy and advice. I really like that. Uh, I just want to s- supplement with two like uh, two really easy to follow. I'd say advice that I like uh, two two different approaches. Um, one is not like a, a set of stone with actually percentages and amounts, but that would be to um, to set set your price low in the beginning and then increase aggressively. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, so that would be, that would be if you're starting really low, right? Then as your system gets in place, you you basically think of the first clients as as beta testers. They should get the uh, a lot of attention from you and also yeah. you know, give you some feedback so you can develop the system so it gets yeah so it gets more attractive and it gets better quickly so it would make mm. sense to mm. also increase your price rather quickly and the other one i like is to um, you know just have a price then every time a client uh, you get a new client you increase the price by five percent mm. um, and that would be like, okay, but then, you know, the clients you already had, you're not going to increase, you know, they had, they, they got it at, at the price they got it to, right? Yeah. And they're going to stay on that. Yeah. Um, in a way. But that's also more of a, of a long-term term way, because I mean, that would mean that as you're building up your, uh, your client base, you're also building up your prices. Mm-hmm. And um, the idea would be that before you reach a ridiculous amount of money you're going to get per, per client, you're going to probably hit the ceiling of the amount of clients you're going to have. And then the 5% increase in price range every time you get a new client, every time a slot opens up, maybe that's just going to be enough to account for inflation and all the kind of different stuff that mm. also affects how the price should develop. Yeah, that's a good system. A very systematic one. I think this also depends on the personality right like there's a lot of people that if you explain this system to some people they would just like open their eyes in panic and it's like i there's no way i can keep track of this <laughs> and there's other people that love this right i can see the spreadsheet and the numbers uh, in my in front of me um but this is the thing you know like there's the the beautiful thing of this is that there's not one way of making it work i think there's there's these general principles of when you start at the beginning, you should over deliver, you should focus on, um, yeah, like building your system, try to think about like having a plan of how can you optimize your system so you can getting, you know, do things with less time and energy. Um, and then at the end, reach what you said, like, if this is the amount of income you want to make, then have an idea of how many customers and how much would be the price per customer. And then how you get from point A to point B, there's many ways of getting there. It's just this idea yeah. of slowly increasing or suddenly increasing, but having a plan to, to get from one to the other. And all of these uh, strategies have a good side and a bad side. They all come with certain risks or things that are not ideal, right? Things that may be like, like, yeah, like bad things. Like when you suddenly increase your prices, you can lose a lot of clients. If you do it slowly, then maybe there's some people that are friends and they're like, why is my price like this and his price like that? And then you can, you know, that there, there's, there's these things with every system that no system is perfect and, and you need to, yeah, have that in consideration. Yeah, and when you, and when you first experience some of these things, you might panic a bit, also like losing clients for the first time. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but I mean, it's it's part of the game. You can't keep people forever, and you're gonna have 100%. some people who just like where it's not gonna work. People ghosting you, just stop stop answering. Um, yeah, and you're just gonna have to over time see if you can stop being attached to it. Kind of. Um, I don't have any yeah. like I would just say like accept it. <laughs> It's and I mean, no yeah. matter how how much you think about it, like okay, I need to be prepared. For it. It's gonna suck the first time since it happens. Yeah, and and I mean, it, it still sucks, but but way less because like, all right, it's it's fair yeah. enough. I mean, sometimes things yeah. don't work. Um, wish you all the best and. Um, yeah, I think this is like then again we're coming back to the expectations, and I think it's the most important thing. Like if if we would if we would be coaching someone from scratch like the first month of work 80% is like clarifying expectations of course starting to do things but but a lot of these conversations should happen just just to like prepare prepare the the person to to feel ready for these these things because this is part of the work this is part of the job like it's nothing personal to you like you have no idea what's going on in the in the life of this person and it has nothing to do with if you're a good coach <laughs> It, it shouldn't have anything to do with your service. Of course, there's some people that, yeah, maybe it's something about your service. And if you're losing clients consistently on a regular basis <laughs> after a month or two, then maybe there's something to look there. But in general, if, if you're losing one or two clients without any concrete pattern, then, you know, it's sometimes they don't even reply back. They don't even like explain why they're leaving. And that's, that's you need to learn to not take it personal. And that's part yeah. of the it's part of the game. It's part of the job. Um, I just want to segue just a little. I just have a little bit of a comment on this about mm -hmm. um, in the beginning how you're going to spend a lot of time setting up systems. And I think I've talked about this a little bit before, but there's this author Stephen Covey, who is kind of a big shot in regards to some of these things, who wrote the book called mm -hmm. The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Mm. I mean, and. For me, I think there's some, some things that I agree with, some that I don't. But one of the things he talks about is that you have, like, um, you can spend your time in regards to, like, any kind of endeavor, business, family, personal life. You can talk about, you can spend your time uh, on production or production capacity, like increasing your capacity for, for producing outcomes. So in regards to, like, for example, online coaching, Spending time on increasing your production capacity would be like setting up a system. Uh, how do I answer messages more uh, more easily instead of getting on different platforms or using an online format to deliver programs like TrueCoach or, or whatever, setting up these kind mm. of things. Uh, whereas the actual production would be like talking to your clients, giving feedback, writing the programs. And in the beginning, when you're just starting out, I mean, you're not going to have a lot of uh, a lot of clients to actually deliver to. So it's going to be you're going to be spending the most of your time in in the production capacity, increasing that. And production capacity would also be the marketing stuff, right? How do I get my mm -hmm. clients? How do I set up some systems yeah. for this? And as you get a more and more solid business, you're going to spend less and less time on production capacity. You're always going to spend some time on it. Because you're always going to have, you know, a little bit of, yeah, staying up to date to do, a little bit of marketing stuff to do, less mm. and less. I mean, at some point, yeah. it's actually plausible to not need it at all if you just want to stay at the same level. Yeah. But yeah, I just really like those two categories. Yeah. 
It's really, really good. And then you can branch them out, right? Like at the beginning also. Um, yeah, like you, you need to do these things from scratch where you create a system. Um, I think also like an important expectation is to know that whatever you're setting at the beginning, you need to have in mind that it's something that most probably you're going to change later on, right? It's just yeah. like a starting point for you to like have somewhere to start from. Um, and yeah, like 20% of effort is going to give you 80% of results in terms of how, how much capacity you're creating. And then from there, it's just a polishing aspect or like changing things that maybe require a bit more, like quite some more effort for not so much result or outcome. Um, yeah. But this is to give you that, that first foundational system that you can start from. Like, and I mean, we're talking a bit more like, like not so concrete, but if we go concrete way, if you want to coach general strength, this could be creating 20 different program uh, templates for different levels uh, around the same like what you want to do, right? If you want to just train people in general strength, not bodybuilders, not like, you know, like what most people want a coach for in the general population, you go there and set 20 training programs. Then you have a starting point. Then you can start assigning these things. And as you get more customers and more experience with feedback from them, you're going to learn actually this thing I did doesn't work for, for this specific muscle group. Then I need to change that, you know, but then it's modifying, right? So it's creating this foundational aspect. And this could be in the actual product that you give, but it could be also in your, literally in your scheduling your hours. Like I don't have any system of, for how do I work? But then you, you go and create, okay, I'm going to try to do this thing where like the first two hours of the day, I'm going to answer emails and respond to my customers. Then the next two hours is going to be building programs. The next two hours is creating marketing. Then you have a starting point. You try this thing out. And then if it doesn't work, you modify it, right? So it's just this, the first few months of your endeavor is going to be creating all these systems. And I would highly encourage people to try to create these systems, because if you go a bit jolo with this, um, it's going to be much harder to, to, to make it work, basically. Yeah. You're going to spend a lot of time. It's going to take longer to do everything, basically, than it has to. Yeah. But I think also an important thing to mention here is that, at least in in my opinion, um, you don't have to have all the systems. You shouldn't have all the systems in order before you begin. It's more of a mm. building as you go. Yeah. For example, in, in my opinion, I don't think you need to have a complete exercise library before you start coaching people. Instead, I would encourage people to to find clients and then build your 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 exercise library as you need. To do it basically, and of course you can be, you mm -hmm. know, you, you you can you can do a lot of exercise beforehand. Uh, you don't have to wait until you actually have to put it into a program. But this kind of like, okay, I don't need to to film five hundred exercises before I get my first client. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I get my first client and then I film the first twenty, or, or then I film the first ten exercises that I need for this program with some explanation, um, and then take it as you go. Yeah, it's a very important clarification for sure. Like it's very important this this idea of start as soon as you can start. Um, yeah. Like I think it's super common for everyone to get trapped in this idea that I need to create all of this before I start. So all the things I was saying were like kind of examples. Yeah. The analysis by paralysis kind of thing. Yeah. 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 
there were kind of examples, but not saying that you need all of that before you start, of course. No, no. Like, I mean, we're called the learning as we go. And it's, this is because we believe, we believe quite a lot that this, this is the mantra. This is the important thing for, for this journey. Yeah. But I mean, this, this, this general concept of, okay, before you just throw yourself out there, there are some basic things you need to have that, that I'd at least would recommend you've, you've just thought about, like what direction do you actually want to take this and what systems do I probably need to set up? But then once you just have the minimum amount of, of you know, basic stuff done, you should just get started. Kind of with this kind of minimum yeah. viable product, right? Get out there. Mm -hmm. And then develop yeah. as you go. Yeah, because like the, to be honest, for a lot of these systems, you need knowledge and feedback to create them. Like if you create them completely from scratch, there's gonna be very fictitious. So maybe a lot of the things don't work just because you're not really testing them. So the the doing the thing is what will give you the necessary feedback that you need in order to create a proper system that works or a set of systems. And I think this goes together with something that we haven't, we kind of mentioned here and there a bit, but we haven't really tackled directly, which is the idea that if you can, as much as you can try to learn from others, because if you try to go solo on this and this, I don't know, it can be a lot to go with, with ego, right? I can do this on my own. I don't need help from anyone. Or you think you already know a lot, even if you do, and you have an education and you know a lot. For this type of business, we need to wear many hats. We are, we are trainers, we're marketeers, we are business developers, we, we're accountants. There's a lot of different things. It's impossible to know about all of them. Um, yeah. And this is where hiring a coach, if you can afford it, doing some internships or joining, as you said, in some places, there's, this is more and more common. Um, at least in Europe or yeah, like having these places where there's like startups hubs where, where you have like, um, where you can receive classes, receive guidance, have like tutors or however they call or business yeah. advisors or whatnot to learn from. And we live in an, an age where there's so much information online, right? Like you can find on Instagram, on YouTube, so many people that know a lot and they explain a lot of things for free. Just try to follow these people and, and apply some of these tips and be open to, to learn. Yeah. And I highly recommend, I mean, as, as I said, I, I had my kind of business developer and, and there are a lot of the things that he helped me out with in the beginning, which is a lot of the very basic stuff, like uh, how do you set up a, uh, a CV on like a firm in, in the correct way? And what kind of uh, should be a, like a personal and APS or what, what should it be that for it to make sense. Yeah, the type of business, uh, right? Yeah, the legality. Yeah, of and how, how do you kind of build people? Uh, so he introduced me to De Niro, that I highly recommend. Super easy to use. All of these kind of people, things. Yeah, De Niro is, it's good. <laughs> yeah, not for... <laughs> like a bookkeeping system, right? Like, a, like having yeah. your... But this is all super important, as you say, and a lot of people don't even think about it. But like, of course, you, you need to be also your own kind of lawyer and bookkeeper and like there's a lot of all these things and believe me especially if you're an expat someone you know like from a different country and you go there it is it is like trying to learn monopoly in a different language as you're playing it <laughs> and the consequences of doing things wrong is receiving fines and then you need to pay money for it so it's highly stressful and in the end usually it's not 
it's not even so much um, financial risk that you're running with, with unless you're doing something very, very bad. But, you know, like if you make uh, small mistakes here and there, usually the consequences are not that big, but it creates a lot of stress. This, of course, like I'm saying as someone that lived in Denmark for six years while running my business, and I needed to deal with all of these Danish uh, things in Danish, like, thank God that Google Chrome exists with the auto-translate thing for the <laughs> websites. <laughs> yeah. But for sure, having these resources and, and being able to reach out to people that know about this and can explain things, it's super, super helpful. So yeah. no matter where you are in your journey, what is your the endeavor you want to go into in terms of a business, there you have people around either in person or online that can help you. So for this, really try to set your ego aside and and don't be afraid of, of reaching out and, and try to make arrangements to, you know, to get something out of there. And definitely it's going to help a lot. Um, so we're closing in on an hour, Andres. And I mean, I have no stress today, but I'm thinking maybe just to, uh, to close things off. Now we talk about this, about seeking knowledge other places. Maybe we could just share a bit about other places where we kind of, you know, got some nice learning um, experience out of i already yeah. talked about this like getting an a business developer kind of somebody who knows about like just general building a business mm -hmm. uh, but i also learned a lot from doing a you know i, I do a, a, a decent amount of online coaching and i'm very happy that i before just went for it myself that I, that i myself did some online coaching with some very um talented coaches yeah Worked with Jordan Garcia and uh, and Emmett Lewis. Uh, I was very happy to have this kind of experience. So that I had an idea of okay, they did it in these kind of ways, use these kind of systems. Uh, I liked really mm -hmm. a lot of how these things things worked. Um, these yeah. things I would probably tweak a little bit for for my own um, for my own thing. One thing that I I had wished I had done sooner was actually that uh, when I started out, I think it would have been nice to also. Had 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 some some more one-on-one, uh, -on -one, actually actual personal one-to-one -one coaching, just learn from them. But I'm I mean I'm also lucky enough to be at a place where there are a lot of other really good coaches, and I still learn stuff just from watching them and how they cue different things, just because they do it differently. And it's nice to get these kind of perspectives. Yeah, yeah. And this is also the thing, right? Like we talked about before, that there's there's not one solution to many of these things, even in the coaching realm. Of course, there's a lot of science-based stuff, but there's always the art aspect of it um, that you can you can always keep learning and, and tweaking your your things. I think the the two recommendations I'm gonna give, and this is more touching on marketing a little bit. One, you know, the our man Clayton Clayton dot moves on Instagram. <laughs> yes, he shares a lot of very 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 good advice and if you dive into his feed you're gonna have a lot of usable things if you like podcasts um there's one i really really enjoy from a couple of fitness professionals that have been doing this for 20 years plus maybe at this point and they're, they they have a podcast that is called how to become a personal trainer which is very easy to find and you introduced me to this one and i'm also uh, i mean a little bit varying between the episodes but there's i really think there's some gold in there yeah yeah i think especially in the first 20 or 30 episodes they deliver a lot of a lot of valuable information there and sometimes they touch a lot on like how to write a 
good blog post, but sometimes they go way more foundational in, in the aspect of, of your business. So that's just, yeah. just a general good thing there. There's a lot of good information from there. But you know, you there there are way more of this out there. <laughs> so if if you just like open your eyes and when you're consuming content online, trying to you know be pay attention to to the ones that the pieces of content that reach you that touch on on these things and start following people, and in no time you're gonna find someone that resonates with you and and gives valuable advice for where you are at. Yeah, I also like what you just said that you're gonna find one that resonates with you. I mean, you might find find ten people that resonate with you, but maybe stick with one or two and follow that advice like uh, religiously. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Instead of trying to do 10 things at once. Yeah. Yeah. This is super good advice. I mean, it's the thing as training, right? There's 10 coaches. And if you try to do what the 10 say at the same time, maybe it's not the best idea for your fitness. Uh, but then if you... You're going to have a bad time. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, try to pick one, follow and see what you can learn from them. Maybe their system doesn't work for you, but maybe there's something, you know, like learning what doesn't work for you. It's also learning so you know where you don't want to go at things you don't want to do um so it's a good thing of like just testing things out or trying things out i think that's also a very important lesson is that you know things are not written in stone forever so you shouldn't be afraid of of trying things out and in terms of your programs or your systems and and then you can just change it up and then move on and learn from there yeah okay last thing i want to say just in the end and <laughs> yes and maybe you're gonna like this <laughs> <laughs> just like if you want to do be an online coach do things online do some uh, in-person one-to-one first <laughs> yeah highly recommend that so you actually get an idea of what works in practice yeah so you don't become one of those online coaches that are like oh yeah, yeah i'm gonna give you a one-hour session and it takes like two hours because you have no idea how long it takes yeah no idea yeah or the practicality of setting a specific exercises and what it requires yeah Doing uh, doing one to one in person is gonna make you a better online coach, but the other way around, it's not so much. I think what you said is super important, and I think like if you can, depending on your context, it's always nice to have a little bit of in person coaching here and there because it gives a lot of feedback for that can be applied online. Good point. Good point to end. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're we're running hour in. Okay, uh, well, one more. Podcast, uh, uh, I think. Oh, one more, no, one more. Come on, come on, give it one more. Now you need to say one more. Uh, but I don't have, I mean, my brain is, is, is done now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, awesome. But yeah, I think this was a good one. I think we, we, gave, we gave quite a lot of value there. I mean, we can definitely agree on that, Andres. <laughs> <laughs> no, but sometimes you feel like, nah, it was not so good. This, I, I, I have a good feeling about this. Is the microphone still in place? Yeah, yeah it is. Okay, I'm happy then about this episode. Yeah, excited to see how the audio turns out. Uh, fingers crossed that this is not going to fucking suck. Fingers crossed. A last little thing I want to say is that it might be a while since we can record our next episode, like a couple of weeks, because I'm going to go on this work trip where I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to record a podcast or set a meeting, but uh, we'll try our best. Yeah. Let's see. Otherwise, if you have been listening until now, thank you for listening and we'll we'll see you. No, you'll 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 hear us in the next episode. <laughs> awesome.